Welcome to a special EduTech Guys presentation recorded live at FETC 2022 in Orlando, Florida. Enjoy the conversation. Hey, welcome back to FETC 2022. It's been a great day, day three, uh, very exciting, and we ha we're excited to have someone in the in the seat in front of us. Uh, we've talked to her before. We're gonna let her yeah. introduce yourself, uh, introduce herself, tell us what she does, where she's from, and all that kind of good stuff. So here we go. Well, thanks for thanks for having me, Jeff and David. Um, my name is Carrie Gallagher. I serve uh, primarily as the assistant principal for teaching and learning at a school called St. John's Prep in Danvers, Massachusetts. Um, it's an independent school for boys on the North Shore, just north of Boston. We have about 1,500 boys on campus. My role is uh, to lead our instructional coaches, our digital learning specialists, our professional learning, our teacher induction program, and I have the great joy of teaching one 10th grade world history class as oh, well. Oh, cool. Um, and then my other great passion is my work with a nonprofit called Connect Safely, which is focused on internet safety. Um, that organization is based out of Palo Alto, California, and I really find that the two roles um, complement each other quite a bit and provide some really unique opportunities for me. That's well, cool. and, and I would imagine, especially uh, over the last 18 months, that has been magnified immensely. For sure. I, I think, um, you know, both St. John's Prep and Connect Safely have been uniquely poised for the transitions that many other organizations and individuals were kind of forced into um, because it's almost like we had unknowingly been preparing for it for years and years. Um, and, and we're grateful to be able to provide resources and supports for people who are in need of it during during these times. That's really yeah. awesome. So you came here to FETC. You've already done your session. I have. Um, so share that with us. Give our listeners a bird eye overview of kind of what was about. Absolutely. So the title was um, Your School's Anti-Bias, Anti-Racist, and Digital Wellness Culture. And so it wasn't focused on, you know, cookie cutter lesson plans or books that you can just have, you know, a, a community read or anything of that nature. It was really looking at sustainable, long-term, proactive work as a school culture so that you know, you're addressing how students and adults are communicating with one another, the language that they're using, um, and, and talking about it when it's not an issue of great controversy so that when something happens, and we know it will, mm -hmm. um, we have that foundation and that vocabulary and we've done the work so that we can, we can talk about the hard stuff because we're used to talking about hard stuff, mm -hmm. even in good times. I got one. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I do want to I do want to tromp over on top of you. Um, so let's talk about the role your school played. Sure. And how it helped you get to this. You know, you're living it, like you said, you were preparing for it and didn't realize it. Sure. So let's talk about how that really fit into where, and you knew, up. Oh, this is what I need to do. This is what I need to bring to everyone else. Can can you speak to that? Absolutely. So so one of the programs that I'm really proud of that we've implemented at St. John's Prep is that when we onboard a student and and his family, because we really think of the fam, the parents and the siblings as a part of a really important part of that boy's day, right? Mm -hmm. and, and so we all need to kind of work together to support him. We um, has, have a series of orientation programs that they participate in, one of which is a digital wellness orientation where the parents and the student come and sit side by side and work through with us a very interactive program. You know, first and foremost, they set up their physical device, their, their iPad, but we talk a little bit about um, how we talk about technology at our school, how we use it to communicate, what are the norms, what's the culture, what are the expectations, and what do we hold ourselves accountable to? And, and it's true that, you know, students are held accountable, but the adults 
hold themselves accountable to the same standard. Um, so that's one way that we prepared for this transition and have been doing for years. And it, it's worked well because it, it's led into, you know, as we're starting to see, um, you know, some rhetoric online that is both kind of supportive and providing voice to folks who haven't had voice in the past. We're also seeing a counter to that rhetoric, some really negative rhetoric. So how can we, you know, discuss it, be open about it, acknowledge it. I think it's dangerous when schools choose not to discuss it because our students, no matter how young they are, they're swimming in this water um, where it's their reality that they hear it every yeah. day. So sure, it's easier not to talk about it, but is that really what's best for our learners as sure. they're growing and trying to navigate this this ocean that we're all swimming in to, to bring the metaphor forward? Yeah, <laughs> right. yes, absolutely. So my big question here is that is the key you just said there. How do you convince administrators, how do you convince a school, the top level, school board, administrators, board of directors, uh, to rip that Band-Aid off? Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's a difficult conversation. I mean, um, I think there there's terminology that has become pretty divisive mm-hmm. as we talk about this. I think a great example of that is the term critical race theory. Right? Yeah. It's almost like people are afraid to say it out loud. And, yeah. Um, you know, though it was created and the terminology was developed for one purpose and the term has taken on a very different meaning right. um, under current circumstances. So I think you have to kind of look at the, the community that you serve with in your district or with your school. How do the majority of those families view that term? And then based on, you know, what their reality is as to what the meaning of that term is, then how should you or choose to use it or not use it so that you can continue having the conversation about kind of the the root of of critical race theory, which is giving the voice, giving a voice to people who really deserve to have a voice just like everybody else. Right. right. So so I think we you know, every school needs to develop their own vocabulary and terminology and their own structures and norms through which they're going to talk about these things. There isn't a magical solution. And you know, it isn't so much about ripping the Band-Aid off as it is about trying small approaches. Mm-hmm. And when, you know, a little thing doesn't work, it's okay to leave that little thing behind mm-hmm. in order to make steps forward um, as a whole. So it isn't about a, a big giant win. It isn't about the Super Bowl trophy, right? right. It's about the work you put in every day to get there. Um, that's really what leaders need to be focused on. Yeah. One of the things that, that I kind of want to circle back to uh, is your your choice of, of verbiage and the difference between digital literacy, digital wellness. So sure. talk about that a little yeah. bit. Sure. So I think of um, the other term that floats around quite a bit in education circles is digital citizenship, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so I think of digital literacy as, as a literacy. Um, you know, I think we have math literacy, I think we have language literacy, and, and I think of digital literacy, it, it fits very well into that box. And, and it's, thankfully, uh, schools and curriculum coordinators are acknowledging digital literacy as another literacy that, that deserves another as much attention. When it comes to digital citizenship, though, I think I'm, I'm, this might be considered shots fired by other teachers um, or educators out there, but I think it's an outdated term. Yeah. I really do. I think digital citizenship really talks about um, how we treat each other online, how we represent ourselves online, and all of that is good. All of that is fine. There is nothing wrong with that. It's just that our world needs more and our children need more than that right now. So um, the way, based on the research that I do, I've done and the, worst, the, um, the work that I've done with the students that I serve with my own children at home, um, 
and with colleagues, I, I divide digital wellness into four categories. So it's cognitive wellness. It's how our digital habits and the, the um, content that we consume and create actually affects our ability to think about things and process information. It's emotional wellness. How does it make us feel? When we scroll, why are we scrolling? Is it because we're trying to avoid a feeling? Is it because we're trying to find a feeling that we're looking toward? When we're done, how do we feel afterwards, right? All of those, we need to be able to, you know, consider how our feelings are affecting our ability to function and our, the relationships that we have. And to that end, um, the third area is community wellness. So how are our actions online affecting our relationships with other individuals, our relationships with you know, a classroom of children, our relationships with our friends, with our family? Um, and then finally, it's physical wellness. So this gets into like blue light and sleep, right? Mm. This gets into you know, the Netflix binge. Is that okay? Sure, as long as it's balanced with some like really great visitors. Um, vigorous physical activity at some point. I think it's it's with physical, you know, also while you're doing that Netflix binge, what are you choosing to put in your body in terms of nutrition, right? And I think, um, especially during the pandemic, for instance, in my house, my children were known for doing like living room workouts thanks to YouTube videos, mm -hmm. right? So yeah. it isn't like, you know, either or. It isn't you can have screen time or you can be physically well. You can have both if you make the right choices. Sure. So those are the four areas of, dig of digital wellness. Do you find this generation of students uh, much more ex uh, receptive to this? I do, and I think when they hear about this approach, this um, you know cognitive, emotional, community, and, and physical, they're really grateful for this because many times the adults in their lives have set limits on screen time because they think that the screen is going to lead to inherently poor habits and choices. Mm -hmm. And this way of talking about it allows children to kind of point out some of the positive things that they've gained from using their screens and, and start having a, a, a conversation where they feel like they have a little bit more of an equal voice yeah. with the adults. Well, and, and by the same token or, or by extension of that, you know, they open up that conversation and then hopefully anyway, you know, the adults are like, I hadn't thought of that that way, or I didn't know that was even a thing or, you know, and, and so they also start to think about their own digital wellness. You know, I don't know, why am I scrolling through TikTok? You know, what am I looking for? How do I feel? What am I eating? That they, that most of us probably never even thought of at all. And now you've, you've turned on that light and you've you know made it a spotlight issue and say this is this this is what we're doing with the students i love the fact that you're having the the adult the the well the rest of the family really right they are with those students that you are bringing in mm -hmm. because that really opens that up for all of them to have that conversation and to be thinking about that for themselves. Yeah, and to bring it back to that, I think one of the things we, we talk to students about when they're in this family digital wellness orientation is that when when your parents were in school, their their parents could like quickly unzip their backpack, pull out a couple of notebooks and have a good sense of what was going on at school. Mm -hmm. With my middle schooler, I, I don't have that opportunity. She doesn't have all these notebooks. She comes right. home with a, a device in her backpack, and which I don't know the password to, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> so in order for me to, you know, flip through, quote unquote, um, what she's doing, I actually need to sit down with her and say, hey, will you show me? And so we give them the strategies and skills to start having those conversations. Um, you know, I think transparency in these conversations between um, administrators, teachers, students and parents and families is really the best approach. Um, and one of my favorite things to do when it comes to, you know, not just the work, but the play is... Um, to 
you know, uh, do TikTok dances with my children and then record them. Um, and even if I'm like highly embarrassing because I don't have the effective <laughs> dance moves that they do, they, right. Oh, you've done it too. Um, they, um, you know, it, it's a laugh. It's a little family adventure together. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then sometimes we'll still play a game of Monopoly where right. there's no screens, right? It's all about being able to try a lot of different things together. Yeah. I think what you're getting at is it's something I've been noticing in the, especially the last 10 years and I'm, I'm 30 years. I've, I've noticed it increasingly more. So, what the digital realm has brought is um, a maturity level um, intellectually, socially, emotionally to our children, um, even at earlier ages. And since the majority of our households revolve around those children, we see parents change depending on how their children are changing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I see that being real important. And if we can be the front, the, the front runners in that in the in the classroom in, in the school, then I think we'll see that change in the household beginning to happen. And we do. We see those households. I mean, you're definitely TikToking, Instagramming. So you see all the parents that get involved in. I've got to find some way to interact with my children, and I think that's really important. So. Yeah, I think we need to find out what they value and meet them where they are. Exactly. And exactly. This is an opportunity to do that. So anything exciting you're looking for? doing here at FETC for you? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we were just chatting right before we hit record and um, I, I had that one session on anti-bias, anti-racist and digital wellness school culture. And it's, you know, it's something newer for me. Um, I've been in the digital citizenship space for a long time, but yeah. this new area of research and this new term that I've kind of coined and developed, um, it's taken a lot of work to develop that session and combine it with you know, what's front and center, which is this anti-bias and anti-racist work that all of us are trying to navigate. Mm So, um, so I was really proud of the amount of prep and the work that went into that session and then also how it turned out. And so, um, I'm grateful that I was able to focus all of my time on that and that because I'm not, you know, presenting so many sessions, I'm able to attend um, some other sessions yeah. and learn and bring back to my school community. Well, your work's definitely here. being noticed uh, as we found out. Mm, yeah, it's, yeah. Isn't that great? Thank you. I know. So, I know. Yeah. It's, I'm grateful. Yeah. So if folks want to uh, reach out to you, find mm-hmm. out more, what's the best way they can contact sure, you? Sure, sure. So my handle is at kerryhawk 2 So it's K-E-R-R-Y-H-A-W-K-0-2. And I can be found on uh, primarily Instagram and Twitter, but really everywhere, all yeah. the other platforms as well with the same handle. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, we hope you have a great APTC. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was a joy. Uh, it's so great to see you again. Yes, yes, yes I know. Awesome. Take care. You've been listening to a special EduTech Guys presentation recorded live at FETC 2022 in Orlando, Florida. Thanks for listening.